I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramang. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. Mark Daly here, welcoming you back to the show this week. And yes, there is still Formula One news going on. It is still gloomy and not the greatest news out there, but it's still going on. At least there's some discussions about getting the season going at some point. We don't know where, we don't know when, but we'll get into that shortly. First of all, I hope wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this podcast that you are safe, you are healthy, and that goes for the same for all of your loved ones. And it is really... A very, very strange and uh, upsetting and very, very weird time that uh, we are living in. And uh, I hope that uh, you're all taking the precautions that have been recommended by health professionals worldwide, covering your cough, keeping two meters or six feet physical distance between people, washing your hands for 20 seconds, all that stuff. Together, we will get through this. And it has been a weird, weird month, uh, to say the least. I mean, not just the... uh, the very upsetting and disturbing news that we uh, we, we see far too much of uh, these days, but I realize that uh, I've been sitting here working at home uh, pretty much in self-isolation for the past month, and it's just weird, you know? I, I make uh, one or two trips out uh, to get groceries a couple of times during the week and just some uh, fresh stuff, and I was thinking, I, I don't even remember, I, I went and filled up gas this afternoon. I had half a tank left in the car, and I realized that it's been three and a half weeks <laughs> since I last filled up my vehicle and uh, usually in normal uh, like the normal course of uh, my life I'm filling up once a week so I mean it's uh, just incredible it's just it has been the longest year ever and uh, well we've seen some good news here and there from around the world that uh, that it's peaked and it's coming down and in other parts it's only just ramping up and uh, well I'm I'm sure just like uh, the, the rest of you that I cannot wait for the return of uh, normal times and we can put all this uh, behind us, but uh, we've got a ways to go before the the, uh, the professionals, the experts out there can come up uh, with some sort of uh, vaccine uh, to protect us all. Anyways, uh, well... Well, there really isn't a lot of good news out there. Let's just put it that way. First of all, um, earlier this week, Sir Sterling Moss passed away at uh, age 90. That was back on uh, April 12th. I'm sure uh, quite a few of you, uh, if not all of you, have already heard that news. I got a picture of Sterling Moss sitting just uh, behind me. That used to be on on my dad's desk, and uh, I, I just remember growing up with it. Possibly the greatest driver never to win the Formula One uh, World uh, Championship uh, passed away uh, earlier this week. And his uh, wife said that uh, he just uh, stopped breathing. It was basically he did uh, one lap uh, too many. So very, very sad news. But he had not really been in the uh, the best of health uh, for the past uh, several years. I think he fell ill on a trip to Singapore or Malaysia. I can't remember where it was exactly. About uh, three, maybe three and a half, um, almost four years ago now. And has uh, not really uh, been in the in, in the greatest health uh, ever since. Anyways, much condolences uh, to uh, uh, Sterling's family, of course, on his passing. And again, a true uh, racing legend. And unfortunately, more bad news this week. Anyways, a little bit of uh, good news was the breathing uh, aids and ventilators that uh, were part of the uh, Project uh, Pit Lane, uh, which is uh, a joint venture between all seven of the UK-based Formula One teams, have uh, received more than 20,000 orders uh, placed for these uh, breathing aids and uh, ventilators. Uh, Absolutely uh, fantastic stuff. So it was um, all put together with the the, the help and the assistance of the Formula One organization, the seven teams and their respective technology arms, and uh, they've been working collectively 
actively over the past uh, several weeks uh, to respond uh, to this call from the British government uh, for assistance in the creation of uh, medical devices. So two of the uh, the, the, the projects or the things that uh, Project Pit Lane uh, has been working on, um, the ventilators that are being produced by all seven teams, plus the breathing aid that, that is being uh, manufactured uh, by uh, Mercedes. So the teams are all working with a consortium on what's called the Rapidly Manufactured Ventilator System, and the companies that are involved have been, they've received formal orders from the UK government for in excess of 10,000 units. That's just a huge, huge, astounding number. Anyways, at the Mercedes Bricksworth engine facility, it's been completely repurposed to help produce these, this is what we were talking about last week, the CPAP, the Continuous Positive of airway pressure breathing aids so they had uh, orders for 10,000 uh, units um, that that was I, I think uh, was about a week or 10 days ago now when that came through so they got 40 machines at the factory that that uh, usually are um, and I say usually in normal times these uh, machines are um, uh, uh, building and uh, producing uh, f1 pistons and turbochargers and now get this they are making 1,000 of these uh, medical items per day this is a really really uh, astounding stuff now, a third project uh, for a, a low-cost portable ventilator uh, that was uh, invented by a, a junior doctor by the name of Alistair Darwood has been uh, put aside for now because the, the government has decided that the uh, the NHS, um, the, the National Health Service in the, the UK, uh, requires a ventilator that's uh, more suited to the the actual needs and uh, the requirements um, particularly suited to, to the uh, coronavirus. Anyway, so Red Bull and Renault have been working together in uh, delivering one of the first prototypes of this uh, design. This is called is uh, uh, it's called uh, Blue Sky. So th- this has been done in just uh, three weeks. So staff uh, from both of these teams have been putting in at least 18-hour days to get the, the project up and running as quickly as possible. And uh, a-, a lot of these um, staff and uh, and everything have been furloughed. Anyways, uh, the-, the-, the staff that is still there and they've been uh, completely refocused because F1 is a- in a shutdown and obviously... This uh, pandemic and, and, and getting uh, medical supplies to, to uh, healthcare professionals everywhere is an absolute uh, priority, but uh, this is uh, really cool. Uh, the, um, the NHS and government initially believed that uh, the Blue Sky ventilator would be suitable for the fight against coronavirus, but it is now concluded that a more specific and sophisticated ventilators are required at this point in time. Anyways, that's a, a little bit uh, disappointing, but uh, the Blue Sky technology and the prototype are still available and uh, could be used in the future future or maybe in some other uh, medical settings uh, that, that it may be uh, better uh, uh, suited for. But very, very cool to see that uh, that Formula One's uh, been able to um, uh, completely shift and uh, and pivot on such a short notice and, and, and just take all the power from the, uh, just the, the intellectual side, from the engineering side, the manufacturing side, and be able to uh, create all these uh, devices and, uh, and, and produce them in such uh, large numbers in such a, a short amount of time. And I, I think that's uh, going to be one of the things, not just with uh, Formula One, but in general, it's just uh, our ability to react and adapt and and all fronts in this uh, battle against uh, coronavirus and uh, hopefully somewhere that uh, someone is uh, creates a successful vaccine, which will, uh, of course, go a long way in, uh, in treating and preventing uh, this, uh, this horrible scourge. Anyways, uh, moving along, uh, of course, there are still a lot of um, discussions out uh, there and a lot of comments going around just in, in Formula One and in those circles about what should or should not uh, happen uh, with the, the, the season this year. Should it go ahead? Should it not? Uh, and if it does go ahead, how is it going to go? I mean, we talked about a lot of this last week with uh, Christian Silt from Formula Money, and it really is interesting. I mean, uh, it's, uh, of course, very worrying when you hear um, just about the all the issues on the, the the business and the financial side and the, some of the precarious positions that some of the teams uh, may be in and that uh, that we might uh, see teams disappear from the grid so i mean it's a, a legitimate um, uh, concern that uh, that uh, <laughs> that things might not go very good for some of these uh, different teams out there and of course last week um, the the latest grand prix that um, was uh, was canceled was uh, the canadian grand prix which is one of our my favorites obviously being our, our home 
home Grand Prix here in Canada and in Montreal, although it's on the other side of the country for me. So might as well be uh, somewhere else. I mean, it's a good five, six hour flight from Vancouver, but that's uh, something else. Anyways, as it stands at the moment, the the opening Grand Prix in, in 69 days from now, uh, or at least for FP1, would be the French Grand Prix at uh, Circuit Paul Ricard. However, that's a, a big if, and that's uh, that's a little bit uh, dodgy and uh, up in the air at the at the at the moment. Anyway, so so the latest person uh, to weigh in is a uh, former FIA president Max Mosley, who believes that F1 should cancel the entire 2020 season due to the uh, ongoing coronavirus pandemic. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to to cancel it, a lot of reasons to try and put it on in some form at uh, at some point in the year later on. I think that uh, just based on, on on what we see and uh, just the way that the, the 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 situation is still evolving and still going on, that I, I mean, there's obviously cases to be made for both sides, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we can't mess around with people's health and, and we can't take any unnecessary risks. However, if there is some way that uh, that that it could be done safely and maybe in some sort of closed environment uh, again we had all these um, uh, discussions and uh, hypotheticals with Christian Silt last week but still it would be um, it would be worth exploring as long as it can be done and uh, the, the safety of those uh, participating in, in that closed environment so, so all the you know the all the all the teams the drivers and and everyone else um, then perhaps that is a possibility at uh, any point. Anyway, so, so as it stands right now, the first nine Grand Prix of the year have uh, been cancelled right up until Montreal um, in the beginning of June. So anyways, um, the, the French Grand Prix at Par- Paul Ricard is... It's still on for now, but it's sort of really. I think it's it's right on the on on the cusp because uh, uh, French President Emmanuel Macron has uh, extended the nationwide ban on mass gatherings until uh, at least mid July, and uh, as it stands right now, the, the the French Grand Prix is supposed to get underway with free practice on Thursday, June. 25th so obviously with that uh that that ban on uh, mass gatherings in mid-july really uh puts that up into question i mean that that's the same thing here in in british columbia where i live that uh, there is some talk that uh, over the next uh, several weeks or so that uh, things may be um slightly eased off on because they took a very aggressive stance here where i live to really uh get people away i mean we didn't have like a hard official lockdown but basically it was i keep kind of saying it was a a soft lockdown anyways it seems to be paying off here but our provincial health officer and the uh, provincial health minister were saying today that 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 our new normal is going to be just a a relaxation of the, the 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 health guidelines and standards that are in place right now and i don't see things like uh the nhl coming back and uh the NBA finishing off and who knows what's going to ha- happen with major league baseball who knows what's going to happen with the NFL in, um, in in several months from now I mean that doesn't get going until after Labor Day at the beginning of September so there's some possibility there but uh, again I mean uh, <laughs> there there are a lot of things uh, to consider I mean uh, they say that uh, here that uh, our the provincial authorities have uh, been quite upfront and open in saying that that we're not going to go back to what was saying normal at the, the the beginning of this year in January or back to December last year, what uh, we call you know basically what we all think is like normal life: going out to restaurants, movies, gathering with family and friends, going to sporting events, going shopping, going to church or to the mosque or whatever whatever we all do in our in our, our daily lives going to work going kids going to school all these different things that's not going to happen for a very very long time and uh i i really am struggling to see how uh, th- this is going to really apply to 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 uh to sports of uh of any kind not just uh, formula one but uh, anyways, um, Max Mosley speaking to uh, the German press agency DPA, uh, Mosley uh, had the following to say, quote, uh, the teams and the race organizers would have certainly a certainty so they can plan and take measures. At the moment, they are in limbo and many are losing money. By waiting, you risk making more things worse without having the certainty of winning anything. There's no guarantee that the races can start again in July and it actually seems increasingly unlikely. Uh, anyways, uh, Mosley went on uh, to say that he doesn't really believe having Grand Prix behind uh, closed doors, which have been um, uh, suggested by Ross Braun, is a, a really practical uh, or viable solution. Anyways, uh, Mosley said, quote, that would 
would be a financial disaster for most race organizers. Until we know what will happen globally with the pandemic, it is not possible to make rational plans for F1. So, well, that that is something that was... um, said uh, by Bernie Ecclestone several uh, weeks ago, probably not too uh, long after the Australian Grand Prix was cancelled, if I remember correctly, which seems like an eternity ago now. What was that supposed to be about March 15th, March 17th? Oh, it would have been, uh, I think it would have been about the 17th, I think the uh, the, you know, the 15th, the Ides of March, uh, March as it is, was uh, on, on a work day that week. Anyways, uh, Max uh, very much uh, echoing the sentiments of uh, Bernie uh, Bernie Ecclestone, who also said that it should be, um, the, the entire season should be cancelled. Anyways, uh, Formula One has also been uh, discussing a possibility of perhaps starting the the 2020 season when if and when and it just looks more like a question of when the french grand prix uh will be canceled with a perhaps a uh, closed session uh, spectator free austrian grand prix in july we'll talk about that just in a moment as we take a quick break here on the overtime media network so please don't go away we'll be back in just a moment passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. And yes, well, as I was saying just before the break here, F1 is talking about possibly starting the 2020 season at the A1 ring at Spielberg in Austria in July for a spectator-free Austrian Grand Prix. And it... it, it that to me, I think, could be the earliest possible uh, time that could be uh, that that something like that might happen. I mean, we know that the situation with coronavirus in France has uh, been very bad, and Austria it's slightly better. And the Austrians were talking uh, earlier this week that they might start uh, lifting restrictions and things like that. So that to me seems like if there is some hope of getting the season up and running at some point in the summer, that seems like a, a real possibility. I mean, at least seems at this point, and th- this whole pandemic thing. I mean, it can change from day to day, week to week. So, I mean, uh, trying to plan something a couple of months out like now is uh, really uh, speculative at, at the best. But I mean, just based on what we know right now and uh, and how things have been uh, trending in Austria, it could be a, a real uh, uh, possibility. So, well, one thing actually I've got in my notes here that actually earlier this week, the the Austrian government has uh, eased the restrictions. They're allowing, they've um, uh, allowed thousands of different shops to open, although um, they are still encouraging people to work at home where possible and then uh, the thing is too that the Austrian Grand Prix takes uh, take place I called it the A1 ring of course it's uh, the Red Bull ring if you go with the the, the modern lingo and the ninth, ninth, was it the A1 ring back in the 90s maybe I, I gotta get with the times anyways so Spielberg is a very small remote town with only uh, 5,000 uh, residents uh, anyway so it, it is a possibility uh, you know so they, they could uh, maybe do that um, there have already discussions that maybe the the, the, the Belgian Grand Prix is in doubt. Uh, I mean, that doesn't take place until August, usually after the summer break. And um, that's, uh, well, very much like the, um, the, the the French Grand Prix of Macron has, uh, like I said, uh, before the break, they banned all max, uh, sorry, mass gatherings up until the middle of July. 
July. However, in Belgium, they've uh, canceled uh, mass gatherings up until at least the middle of August. So that might be uh, a bit of... Uh, yeah, that that might be the next one uh, to go. It was just uh, sort of following up on that. Uh, the August date for the the, the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa Francorchamps. It is on the schedule this uh, year for August thirtieth. Sorry, August thirtieth. Anyways, uh, Belgian Prime Minister Sophie Wilms uh, told a news conference on Wednesday of this week that her government uh, and economic and medical experts would would meet uh, next week uh, to discuss a gradual uh, implementation of uh, going back towards uh, normality from uh, early May, so in a couple of uh, weeks from now. Anyways, uh, the the official website for Spa uh, Francochamps, they, they said in a statement, uh, quote, the circuit will await the next communication from the National Security Council Council, uh, stating that uh, that the current extension uh, for the ban on mass gatherings is uh, currently in place until uh, August thirty uh, first. Anyways, um, the the race's commercial director Stein de Bouver, told motorsport.com, quote Over the next couple of days, we will ask a lot of questions and consider our options. You know the options as well. A different date or a closed event, even without spectators, we would uh, have a lot of people on site to organize the event. What is a mass event? Does that mean 500, 3,000, or 5,000 people? What is certain for me is that Formula One will not take place on the scheduled date with a large number of people. End quote. So, yeah, I mean that that that's the thing that uh, I, I just and and that's the thing I I can see sporting events taking place in different places around the world, not just the Belarusian uh, Premier Soccer League or whatever it is. That seems to be one uh, bizarre thing they've. Uh, that's a, a complete uh, different tangent, but uh, they have just uh, carried on as uh, as usual in uh, Belarus. So anyways, so <laughs> that's not really a topic uh, of discussion for this uh, show. But uh, at any rate, it, th- that's what it is when it comes to these mass gatherings for people. It doesn't just uh, matter for um, for a sporting event, uh, but uh, for concerts, uh, religious uh, gatherings, uh, you know, in, in, in synagogues, churches, mosques, whatever it might be that you're, you're going to get anywhere from from maybe a couple hundred people to several thousand, or in the the, the cases of, say, uh, an NFL game, tens of thousands, or a Formula One event, hundreds of thousands. And in, in the, the, the current uh, situation, we know that uh, that many people in, in, in that close uh, proximity is uh, literally just a, a recipe for a disaster. So anyways, uh, long story short, um, French Grand Prix looks like it's off. Belgian Grand Prix, maybe, but uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see. And I think that's uh, basically what we're hearing every, uh, everywhere is that uh, government officials are just uh, going to rely on the sci- uh, the science and on the advice of, uh, of experts in uh, across different uh, fields and professions to, uh, to slowly get things uh, back on track. But... That is the, I, I think, the key word that we will get back to normal slowly. And I think uh, slowly we're probably looking at uh, anywhere up till about a year, maybe longer, until they get a vaccine out there, depending how long that takes uh, before we can really go back to what normal was just a, a couple of months ago. Anyways, um, Frederick Fasur, the uh, team principal for Alfa Romeo, says that uh, Formula One teams will have to little time to play catch-up if and when the season gets going because of intense run of races will really hamper the scope of the development uh, of the cars if you know, if and when the, the, the season actually gets going. Anyways, uh, Vasura had to say, quote, for sure, when you have to do 15 or so races in a row, it's much better to have a good car from the beginning. It would be quite difficult. I would not say impossible because nothing is impossible, but it would be quite difficult to recover much more than you would, you would when you have 10 months. But that's the fact. It's like this and we don't have much to complain. It would be a decision to save Formula One. We are all uh, together, and I think it is an important decision. For sure, you will have the downside if this uh, the start is difficult, but it's like this. And quote. Yeah, I mean, it's that's right. I mean, it Formula One's like that anyways. It doesn't matter if we're, we're going to have like an intense, condensed season, if the season gets going at some point, or it's a normal season where we get going in the middle of March at, uh, at Albert Park in Melbourne, all the way to Abu Dhabi at the end of November. I mean, it's basically 10 months of the entire year. I mean, there is not a lot of break in in Formula One. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's not quite, but it's pretty close to being almost a, a year-round uh, sporting championship, right? But the thing is, even it's going to if it's going to be condensed and uh, if it's not uh, uh, like as a normal season. 
if you don't get it right right from the beginning you're playing catch up i mean it's difficult to just under normal circumstances but to have it in a condensed intense calendar it's just going to make it uh, very very difficult i mean uh, vesser i think he's being quite honest and open about it saying that nothing is impossible however i think that it would be very very difficult uh, that if and when the season gets going and you're you're one of those teams that that finds out okay well our car isn't quite as good as we thought it is and you now we got to develop this thing on the fly and try and uh, get to get some more speed out of it or do this or do that it's going to be very very hard i mean this season let's be honest if and when it gets going it probably will be a bit of a throwaway season and i think uh, for for most of us it would just be a wonderful thing to see again if uh, the, the the year could actually get going we could get some races in at some point just because it would be a step going back to 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 normal again. <laughs> I was thinking earlier today, uh, you know, with the, the the work that I do covering Vancouver Whitecaps in uh, Major League Soccer, I was just thinking that uh, if and when that season uh, gets up and going, I think now it uh, th- there was a press uh, release that uh, was re- uh, released uh, by MLS. Um, I think it was either today or yesterday. I mean, all the days seem the same right now. I can't keep track anymore. It's like uh, I've completely lost track of time over the past uh, month or so. However. Uh, they have now delayed uh, the start of uh, Major League Soccer at least until I think about the second week of June. And again, <laughs> that to me seems like a, a bit of a wishful thinking. But uh, uh, again, it, I was just thinking if they could even get back going that uh, and games were being played, I don't really care if the, the Whitecaps lost all the games this year. I'd just be glad to see something normal going back on again. And I think that'd be the same uh, for Formula One. I mean, it would be um, it would be interesting to see how it all work out. Who got the car right? Who didn't and then uh, just to see who might be able to get their car working better get more speed out of it reliability whatever the 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 uh, the, the, the problem might be in an intense season so i mean there would be some uh, fun things uh, to look for some interesting th- things to keep track of but again the big question is when or if the season gets going uh, at all but um uh, sir i think he's uh, really nailing it there that uh, that anybody that uh, gets caught behind the uh, the, uh, the the eight ball this year is really going to be uh, in in a difficult uh, place. Anyways, uh, Vesser, he did go on also to say that um, that uh, that uh, the Formula One bosses have to be very careful in really having an intense run of races uh, later in this year because it could uh, it could actually lead to a, an escalation of uh, costs for some of the the, the smaller teams. And we're going to get into this uh, a little bit uh, later on. And anyways, uh, Vesser had to say, "quote If you want to do more races in a row, it is more expensive. It is more expensive to do eighteen races in six months." than to do 18 races in 12 months because you need to bring more stock, you need to bring more parts, you need to work more with the, the mechanics. This will be very costly. And by the way, we will not be able to face this kind of situation and develop the new car. We don't have the team to be able to do it. End quote. And yeah, that's another thing too, is that uh, I, I know that the technical regulations have uh, been frozen and, uh, you know, the, what, the, uh, the, the new cars that we were supposed to see next year. I mean, it was going to be difficult to get those cars, uh, built and out on the track for 2021 before this, uh, this whole coronavirus thing happened. But, uh, now it, it would just be, uh, completely, uh, impossible. So they did the right thing of, uh, delaying it at least, uh, by year till 2022. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to pose a whole bunch of, uh, challenges, uh, for them and, uh, for, for all the teams. I mean, I, the, the ones that have bigger budgets and uh, more resources to work with will probably get through it a little bit easier, but for the smaller teams, and I'm thinking of like, uh, your, your, uh, Alfa Romeo's, your racing points or Aston Martin, whatever you want to call them now, the teams that maybe don't have the, the deep pockets and the resources at the moment, they're going to be the teams that, uh, uh are going to have more difficult. Anyways, Vasura also went on to say quote i will be in favor of all the decisions that could help to have as many races as we can i'm sure that if we have three races in a row as we had in 2018 at one stage it could make sense to have two-day events and because of the workload to do between 15 and 18 races within six months for sure it's a challenge it's a challenge for all the teams, probably more for the small teams because we don't have a big team to rotate the mechanics and so on. We have to find a solution to reduce their workload also. I think everybody is being flexible on this. Everybody understands the situation and the fact that it's crucial to find solutions, end quote. And uh, Vassar actually uh, also said that the the move to delay the 2021 uh, uh, rules uh, change was uh, really critical and, and crucial to give the smaller teams uh, the, the chance uh, to survive and uh, just one final um 
thought from uh, Vasura was, quote, I think, honestly, this was the best decision that we could take, that we postponed the 2021 regulations to 2022 and stopped the development of the 21 car for 2020. This by far is the best option on the table and is the only way for us to be able to afford this kind of situation. End quote. Absolutely. Anything that they can do to preserve the uh, the, the, the financial health and uh, just the stability of the teams and, and take as much pressure off them from that side, I think, is uh, is, is very, very important. And I, and I totally agree that uh, postponing these um, uh, new cars until 2022 at the earliest, uh, I think, was uh, the, the smart uh, decision uh, to, to make. Um, anyways, uh, one thing that, um, th- that uh, I should have discussed a little bit earlier, but my notes are a little bit... Uh, out of order here, and I apologize this, uh, for this. But anyways, the Italian Automobile Club has warned that Formula One that it can, uh, can't afford to make the same uh, mistake that they, they did uh, when they canceled the, uh, the Australian Grand Prix at the last uh, minute. Of course, that was a little bit different. I mean, if you go back uh, a month and uh, just how profoundly everything has uh, changed since then, I mean, for most of us, uh, this was still a, a new thing. If you kind of go back a, a month ago, I mean, they were just uh, starting to put in travel restrictions and things like that in northern Italy. I mean, uh, Ferrari, I think, had uh, blocked off uh, all access to their facilities uh, from the outside. And uh, I believe, well, I mean, they did travel to Australia. However, I mean, it was one of the McLaren team members that uh, tested positive uh, for coronavirus, and that's uh, what kind of really sparked uh, everything off but you know i mean knowing what we know now i mean it's easier to to make the decision to to, to cancel races but anyways the italian automobile club doesn't want to get in the same uh, situation that uh, that there is a, a last uh, minute uh, uh, cancellation uh, like we saw in uh, in in australia last month anyways uh, they um, they are the promoters of uh, the italian grand prix at uh, monza which is uh, set for sex, uh, september 6th uh, and they said that having a, another repeat of the cancellation like they had in uh, uh, melbourne would be what they call quote a disaster for the sport anyway, Anyways, um, ACI President Angelo Stichi Damani, Damiani, pardon me, told uh, Gazzetta dello Sport, quote, we can no longer afford to make the mistakes like in Australia when the GP was cancelled with the public ready at the track. That was a setback for everyone from Liberty Media to the teams to the local organizers to start again and then forced to st- uh, stop would be disaster. Uh, anyways, uh, he went on uh, to say, uh, Damiani said, quote, uh, we are going through a situation of great uncertainty, and in this moment, we must act with caution and attention. The priority is to understand what happens in the countries that host the Grand Prix in Italy and Great Britain, where most of the people in the paddock come from, end quote. So, yeah, th- th- that is the thing. I mean, it, it really is uh, that uh, it would be, I think, uh, just a, a disaster for them in, in many ways to, to say that we're going to go ahead and uh, then cancel it the, at the last mo- uh, minute. There's uh, there's too many things. But again, I mean, when you're looking that far down the road for a, a race that is still on the calendar in September and we're uh, now, what about, uh, I'm recording this on um, April 17th. I mean, that's a long way in the future in a, in a very rapid and fluid situation like we find ourselves in but uh you know they they do make a very good point that to have another uh, repeat of uh, what happened in melbourne a month ago would absolutely be disastrous anyways uh, time for another break here on the overtime media network please don't go away we'll be back in just a moment with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. And uh, just uh, moving along now, we're still going to stick with this whole pandemic uh, Formula One situation that's going on. Anyways, um, 
Andreas Seidel, team principal of uh, McLaren, says Formula One should only go back to racing when there is no risk of it burning through coronavirus tests or uh, protective equipment when others could be in greater need than Formula One itself. Anyways, uh, Seidel went on to say that uh, Formula One needs to be cautious about uh, what what lengths they go to in their desire to get uh, back to, to, to business because they have to be very careful and very mindful about how public opinion is uh, is is at that point in time. Anyways, uh, Seidel had to say, quote, what I think is an important point is the public acceptance of events happening again. I think it's important that you only go back to racing once we also have the certainty when it comes down to the protective equipment and that the number of tests for people are all in place and that they are available to the people that actually need it and that we are not the ones burning these tests or these materials just for going back racing. I think there's a big desire from people, from the public, from the fans, that especially in these lockdown situations we are all in at the moment, that sports events are happening again, even if it's just on TV. But again, obviously, there's a lot of different aspects that need to be considered, end quote. Um, yeah, that, that is very, very good. I mean, they don't want to be, uh, coming off with the, uh, the, 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 the wrong perception. And, uh, Seidel also had to go on uh, to say, quote, as always, the most important thing is to protect our people. Definitely we can't go back to racing until we definitely know that our people are safe. Then I think it will simply depend on the guidelines of our home countries, first of all, and then the travel guidelines. We need to see that if that allows us to travel out and back to our home countries, we need to wait for the different countries to decide whether the race should happen. And I think also you need to see what the promoters are deciding because especially with the changes of dates for a lot of the races, the promoters need to be up for it and needs to make sense from a commercial point of view for also the promoters of Formula One, end quote. Not really a lot to add to, add to that one. Uh, like I was saying earlier, it is a very fluid and fast moving uh, situation. And there's a lot to really consider. Anyway, sticking with uh, McLaren, uh, Seidel also said that the financial impact of uh, the coronavirus pandemic has to act as a wake up call for Formula One. Um, there's been a huge financial impact uh, in, in Formula One, like there's been in every other aspect of life in all corners of the globe that we've seen over the past uh, several months. And uh, most of all, all the teams have uh, closed their factories. Uh, most of the teams, including McLaren, have uh, been taking uh, or making use of these uh, government uh, schemes and protection programs uh, to uh, to help uh, subsidize salaries and things like that. Anyways, McLaren believes that Formula One, uh, they need to, well, quote unquote, wake up to the reality of the situation and, and be even more proactive take more drastic measures and uh, lower the the budget cap to a uh, hundred million dollars I mean the, the the budget cap that's coming in it's a it's a new initiative it's going to come in next year for the first time and was originally set at 175 million dollars anyways that number keeps getting pushed down and down and down when I was uh, doing the show last week the number that they were pushing for was 125 still a lot of uh, money but now it's uh, down to a hundred million anyways uh, Seidel had to say quote I think the crisis we're in now is the final wake-up call for a sport which was unhealthy before and not sustainable has now reached a point where we need big changes and drastic changes as well. As we communicated for us, the most important thing is we simply make the next big step on the budget cap. We think it's an absolutely important now with all the financial uh, losses we will face this year. The magnitude of it still being unknown uh, because so far we don't actually know when we can go back racing. I think it's important to first of all combine with all the other measures like freezing the car and so on to survive this year and then it's also important for our shareholders to show them that the losses you make this year we can somehow compensate them over the next few years. Of course, we would like to see the budget cap as low as possible. We have put out also the number of $100 million, which is something we would be in favor of. At the same time, we understand that obviously it is a discussion that involves a lot of different parties and a lot of different teams with different sizes at the moment. So we're looking forward to the next meeting, which we'll, we will have tomorrow afternoon, and then hopefully we will come to some big decision soon. End quote. Yeah, that, that, that's the big thing that, uh, that really uh, keeps on uh, you know, coming up that... Uh, <laughs> uh, 
it's just the financial situation that a lot of them are in. I mean, um, Seidel had some uh, other things uh, to say. He says that he he doesn't believe that uh, Formula will not exist uh, next year, but uh, he thinks that the the, the biggest risk is uh, that uh, that they are going to lose teams if they don't uh, take a uh, decisive act uh, action. I mean, obviously the the the, the budget cap and the way of uh, reducing costs. I mean, that's been an issue for the the, the longest time. It's just the, the the ridiculous amount of spending that some of the teams have been doing over the years. I mean, that's nothing new. That's a discussion that's been out there for a long, long time. Anyway, he's just getting to the point where they can actually uh, have like a budget cap and they actually got to a point where they could agree on that, I think is uh, a huge bit of progress for Formula One. But things have changed. I mean, uh, it's changed for all of us. Um, you know, lots of us have uh, lost our jobs. Some of us are, are still working. Some of us are still working, but in reduced hours. I mean, it's 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 different for everyone out there. And it's different uh, for all companies. And it's different for all different sectors of the economy. And uh, you can see that in in something like uh, Formula One, where it was uneven to begin with, that the um, the, the situation that, uh, that we now find ourselves in is just going to, I think... Uh, it's obviously going to exacerbate uh, that uh, that situation, but I think also it's going to uh, just uh, the as as these problems and these issues for some of these teams come to light. I think it's also going to really highlight uh, just how un- unsustainable that uh, that Formula One has been over the years. And uh, despite it uh, looking like it's pretty healthy on the outside, especially since the the, the takeover by Liberty Media a couple of years ago, that um, it really may not be as uh, as as good and as solid underneath once uh, you take a, a closer look at it. So yeah, uh, if they have to do that, I think that uh, I've been saying all along that uh, that they have to uh, be be willing to look at alternate uh, solutions. And then uh, if they have to take some, uh, hopefully not extreme action, but uh, maybe take some uh, drastic measures to um, to ensure that the sport and the, and the teams that are participating are protected until things uh, can get back to, to, to normal, we can get racing again, I think is uh, absolutely um, uh, crucial. Um, anyways, uh, there, there the discussions about uh, lowering the, the, the cost, uh, 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 cost uh, cap was, uh, well, it was described as a constraint Constructive. It was a four a four hour meeting uh, t- today. Actually, uh, not today. It was on Thursday. Um, but they haven't taken any firm uh, action. They've uh, made no uh, decisions uh, just yet. Um, anyways, so uh, the the move from the uh, 175 million to 150 million was agreed in principle uh, several weeks ago, just after the the whole uh, COVID nineteen uh, crisis started. Uh, but you know. Uh, as we were just uh, saying just now in that interview with uh, Andreas Seidel, that uh, other teams, uh, just like McLaren, have been uh, saying that they have to go even further that, uh, than where they are right now, from 150 down to 100 million. Um, the, the the this is no big surprise. The three big teams, so Mercedes, Ferrari, uh, Red Bull, they've been uh, reducing. They, they've been really resistant to any further dramatic cuts to the, to the cost cap uh, because they would have to make uh, more cuts uh, to the staff than they'd really been uh, uh, anticipating and wanting to go to. Anyways, uh, one option that was uh, discussed was a cap of $145 million in 2021, uh, which is $30 million than, than where it currently is, and then uh, a move down to $130 million in 2022. So a bit of a reduction uh, over time, which uh, would give the top teams more time to downsize and, and adjust uh, their staff uh, appropriately. And um, also uh, take a little bit uh, of the pressure off uh, some of the smaller teams, which will have to maybe spend more than what they are now, and uh, kind of bring everybody all in the uh, in the in the same uh, in the same uh, you know range of uh, spending. Anyways, it's kind of cool. I don't know if uh, anybody saw the picture of uh, from Jean Tote, uh, FA president. It was on his Twitter uh, this week, and uh, <laughs> it's just uh, it was like an online meeting. I mean, so many of us have been doing online meetings the past uh, several weeks, but uh, there's a, a picture of Jean sitting at his desk, uh, you know, participating in this uh, online uh, discussion uh, on his on his laptop. Uh, you know, you, you kind of sometimes get these things, you know, that's a vision in your head of all these, uh, you know, these these hot shots, all these. Uh, big names in, in in Formula One sitting around some big table in some fancy boardroom somewhere, but uh, to, to see Jean like uh, just in a in a sweater, uh, casually dressed, uh, just uh, in his own uh, home office by the looks of it, uh, just uh, looking at his laptop, uh, I thought was uh, kind of a a cool thing. 
Anyways, um, the, the the next one is uh, we're sticking with the theme here of um, uh, of uh, the spending in Formula One, and uh, this comes. Uh, this was actually uh, on the uh, Sky uh, Vodcast uh, last week, and uh, it was uh, Ross Braun from Formula One, the uh, the motorsport uh, director, and he had the following to say: "Quote: Perhaps this is time for a reset and a time uh, to say that in the good times, F1 operated at a certain level, but now it's the time to take a view that and decide." if we need to reset in terms of cost investment that are needed for F1. I think uh, when we introduced the budget control, uh, there was always the anticipation that if we had uh, a crisis, we could turn the dial down. I think to quote a Spinal Tap quotation, that's that uh, movie from the 80s, the dial has been set at 11 for too long. We need to wind it down, end quote. And that that is true. Like I always... Uh, I, I always kind of use the comparison that it's almost kind of like a you know the Formula One's kind of like a cold war you know it's like the 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 top teams are just out trying to outspend each other and and all these things I mean obviously Cold War was completely different but um, yeah there, there's this this back and forth to develop and build the, the the fastest the best car and the best engine and all that and uh, they they just uh, completely uh, sink as much money as they, they 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 can into it I mean if you look at the amount of money that say Ferrari and Mercedes are spending it's mind-blowing and even uh, red bull is uh, a fair amount uh, behind uh, those two even though they're they're quite uh, substantially ahead a lot of the uh, the the other teams but uh, the, the the big three obviously are quite uh, far ahead a lot of the other ones anyways uh, alejandro agag who is the um, formula e boss uh, said that uh, Formula One has a big or sorry he, he called it a massive opportunity to slash its uh, budget cap and that uh, that they really should uh, take advantage of this uh, uh, what he called the uh, coronavirus shakedown to um, uh, you know really adjust the sports uh, financial model and and slash the the, the budget cap as low as seventy five million dollars. I mean the, some of the numbers that uh, are, are being thrown around by different people in the sport or outside of Formula One uh, in this case is um, absolutely staggering. Going from one seventy five, which is a lot less. Than and say Ferrari and Mercedes are spending in the moment. But uh, to go down to 75, is uh, it's kind of crazy. Anyways, a guy had to say, quote, I think generally for motorsports, this could be an opportunity and specifically for Formula One, this could be a massive opportunity to restructure the whole model. Maybe it's an opportunity for all the teams to share revenue on the same amounts. I'm also hearing of budget caps of 125 million, something like that. So why not a cost cap of 75 million and make it really profitable for everybody? It might be a good thing that the Concord agreement Agreement has not been signed yet because it had all the original things that are kind of a burden for F1. With some teams making so much and some teams so little, the imbalance is huge in the Concord Agreement. Maybe this gives an opportunity to completely shake down the whole system. End quote. Yeah, that that is very interesting. But but again, uh, he goes to, to to highlight what we were talking about just now, just the um, the the inherent uh, unfairness uh, that that is in this uh, in, in the system that some teams make a lot of money and a lot of teams uh, make a lot less. There there's just a lot of inequality that's uh, built in there, and uh, they they always say there there's a, some saying out there that in in crisis there's opportunity and. Um, Maybe that's uh, that could be a positive that comes out of this uh, whole situation for Formula One is to restructure it because if uh, you can uh, get get it to a point uh, where everybody is uh, is doing as good as they can and hopefully better than that in, in a situation that is as bad as the one that we find ourselves right now that uh, when things do get back to normal it'll just be that much better uh, for for everyone uh, before anyways uh, FIA president Jean Tote said last year that he was or sorry last week I beg your pardon that he was very mindful of the costs uh, needing to be uh, brought down and uh, because he reckoned that <laughs> this is no surprise that uh, the $300 million budgets uh, of the top teams was uh, way too high. So, I mean, if you're going from 300 down to 175, if that's where you're at for a Mercedes or a Ferrari to come down to 175, you're already at about uh, almost 50% of what uh, you were spending. So you're about at 60% of the budget you had the, the, the year before. So, I mean, 
I, I think it's important to have that. Uh, I think that it's important to have the spending controls on it. But uh, to, to go, say, from a, a team that's spending $300 all of a sudden down to 75 that to me, that's that's less than a third than uh, what uh, you were spending. I think that that's just a, a little bit uh, too drastic uh, too soon. Anyways, uh, Jean Tote uh, told Motorsport.com this week, quote, in each disaster, in each crisis, you have a lot of bad, but you have some good. So among the good is that we have the opportunity of making things better for the future and mainly in formula one we reach some heights with costs which for me are not reasonable and which we need to address uh, anyways uh, uh toad says he thinks that it is right and correct uh, to push for a new deal uh, where the the whole motorsport uh, has uh, changed in response to the crisis that uh, was uh, has been caused uh, and perpetuated by the uh, coronavirus shutdown anyways a uh, time for one final break here on the show don't go away we will be right back All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Got a lot of things going on here and uh, to finish off the show. So we're going to kind of blow through some of these uh, kind of quickly. Anyways, uh, getting back to some more uh, racing related things. The FAA says that they're going to closely monitor McLaren's switch to to Mercedes uh, power uh, because, uh, of course, this is their last year with the uh, the, the Renault engines going back to Mercedes power for 2021. And uh, that's going to be closely watched by the FAA to, to make sure that the team does not gain an advantage from uh, revising its uh, chassis design so they like i say they're going back to um, mercedes for 2021 onwards and had uh, really kind of planned this um uh, the, this switch back to uh, mercedes uh, power to in conjunction with uh, the the major rules overhaul of course that's not going to, to happen now at least until uh, 2022 uh anyway so that means that uh, as a result of that mclaren will have to adapt their current chassis which was uh, designed to fit the the, the rental power unit uh, to fit uh, a mercedes uh, power unit uh, for next year anyways uh, andreas seidel had to say quote first of all it is a change of plan for us because we had planned to integrate the mercedes power unit into the new car with the 2021 regulations for sure there will be restrictions in terms of how well we can integrate this power unit into the current car and we have agreed together with the faa that they will monitor very closely that we are only allowed to do the changes that are absolutely necessary to install the mercedes power unit so they will monitor closely that we don't change any other areas in the surroundings of the power unit that will give us additional performance gains. We fully understand and agree to this. And in the end, we need to look at the bigger picture, which is to agree and support the freezing of regulations that is happening at the moment because it ensures maximum cost savings for everyone. End quote. Well, yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult uh, for them. And actually, um, a lot of the the things that are in the news this week uh, come from uh, from uh, from uh, Seidel and from uh, McLaren. And uh, he said that uh, that he and he's been quite uh, forthcoming and and free in admitting that uh, he thinks that uh, his own teams, McLaren's uh, resurgence up the uh, the F one grid. Could actually uh, suffer because of the, uh, the the shutdown of uh, Formula One uh, and because of coronavirus, and uh, well, I mean they had a very very good uh, year last year in uh, 2019. Obviously, still a ways off. Uh, challenging for podiums and anything like that but uh, last year was for, for somebody that's been around watching Formula One like I have I mean I go back to when I was a kid growing up uh, up in the 80s uh, I, I mean McLaren was always been a very very good team so to see them uh, in the wilderness as they have been for the past uh, several years last year was uh, refreshing to see them making some uh, positive uh, you know gains and, and, and going back into uh, a respectable uh, position again I mean uh, most of us uh, have been used to watching these guys win races and championships uh, over the years, so they obviously have a, a lot of uh, work to do. Anyways, uh, McLaren driver Lando Norris said he will, quote, try and be someone I'm not, end quote, when Formula One racing resumes. Uh, saying at times he's been too jokey in his uh, rookie uh, season. Anyways, <laughs> I mean, he's still a young guy. Anyways, uh, after his uh, first season in Formula 1 last year in 2019, he fin- finished 11th in the World Championship on 49 points, so very respect uh, respectable for a, a young guy. Uh, and he said, quote, I've been... Um, 
<laughs> this is a trip, a tribute over there over this anyways he said quote i've been uh, almost too relaxed and had too much fun and uh, added uh, at times he had been uh, too jokey anyways uh, he says that uh, of course he's uh, he's uh, gained a little bit more uh, i guess uh, popularity or fame or notoriety whatever you want to call it with uh, the exploits he's had in esports over the past uh, several weeks uh, and has had a, a bit of a uh, you know an upswing a surge, whatever you want to call it, uh, because there's no actual racing going on. I mean, there's been more interest in the past uh, several weeks in esports. I mean, I saw the, one of those virtual Grand Prix they had, uh, was it last weekend, the weekend before? I don't remember now. Anyways, it was, uh, it was really cool. Anyways, uh, what he was asked by motorsport.com if his, uh, his intention was to be, quote, less jokey in 2020 when uh, the season finally got underway, Norris said, uh, Difficult to say. <laughs> so we'll see if uh, he becomes uh, less jokey or not. But it sounds like, anyways, he wants to be a little bit more professional and more focused, uh, which is uh, can't be a bad thing. Anyways, uh, Jean Toad, FAA president, says that uh, that the FAA can stay on top of uh, cheats in, uh, in Formula One. And this is just uh, a little bit more of the... Uh, the ongoing saga let's put it this way i mean there's there's no other way to uh, describe it of the, uh, the 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 controversy that we had last year with uh, with, with ferrari and their power unit and uh, the fa in the end could not prove con- uh, conclusively that uh, ferrari had broken the the the, the regulations so they had a, a private settlement uh, to bring the whole issue to an end close it off tie it up with a bow uh there have been you know no public disclosures as to that uh, actually was anyways uh toad had to say quote it is probably more complex now but saying that if you see the organization of the faa now on the technical side compared to where it was it wasn't always at this level i think in a modern world with whistleblowers with all that it makes things much more difficult for those responsible to ask some of their team members to be an accomplice of wrongdoing with people changing from one team to another one, it makes such a thing very difficult. But if you tell me, can you correctly tell me whatever happened, you would be able to detect everything? Then the answer is no, end quote. Anyways, uh, sticking or not sticking with that, that moving over now to uh, Ferrari. And uh, there is what they're saying now, a high chance that Sebastian Vettel will sign a new Ferrari contract before the first race of the season, whenever that uh, might happen. Uh, Vettel's contract is due to expire at the end of the 2020 season. And what with Max Verstappen signing a new contract, what with Charles Leclerc signing a new contract with Lewis, um, I would assume, like everybody else, that he's going to stay at uh, Mercedes. I think it's very much going to play out exactly like uh, Christian Horner predicted several months ago, that uh, by the time it's all said and done, that the status quo will be maintained and everybody will pretty much end up standing pat and staying where they are. Anyways, uh, there was some speculation that he might, or Vettel that is, might not stay with Ferrari in 2021. Anyways, uh, Ferrari has said since uh, that time that uh, Vettel is the team's first pick to uh, partner with Charles Leclerc. And uh, in an online news conference that they had on Thursday of this week, uh, Seb had to say that uh, there's no discussion of the the possibility of retiring from Formula One at the end of the year. So that's uh, kind of cool if you're a Sebastian Vettel fan. Anyway, Seb had to say, quote, we still have some time in the next weeks. And by the looks of it, the first Grand Prix is not due for a while. Unfortunately, for sure, it will give us some time to cover some more ground in this regard. It depends uh, when we'll have the first race. I think we're all waiting for the situation. One of the key things for now for everyone, whether you're in the sport or not, is to remain patient. But looking at myself and your question, it obviously depends when we will have the first race. There's a high chance we'll have to make a decision before there will be a first race because at the moment it looks like there will be no race before June or even July. We are all waiting, but I think that the main priority at first is to ensure that we're all dealing with the situation the right way. Therefore, everything was put on hold, and I can imagine that's the same everywhere else, and it's the same for us, end quote. So the uh he's has said that uh he's uh you know willing to take a a pay cut but uh, he's going to keep that uh uh private um, but uh, anything in that regard will not come out into the uh, the, the the public realm and, and i think I've been fairly clear about that, that I could see, I I kind of um, pictured a couple of different scenarios that uh, that uh, could go about. And I thought that if Sebastian Vettel comes back to, to sign a new Ferrari contract for 2021, 
I had the feeling that it might be at a reduced um, uh, con- uh, for a reduced uh, salary. I think it's pretty clear that uh, that Charles Leclerc is the guy for the future. I mean, Sebastian, I think, is going to be, what, 33 this year? So not very, you know, not old in any terms, but I mean, he's already a four, uh, four-time world champion. I think it's 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 pretty obvious that Charles is the future. I think that Sebastian obviously still has a role to play with the team, but I think in the long term that, I, I don't know, when you look at uh, Leclerc and Sebastian, I think that if there's any one of those two guys that uh, that could win a, a world championship for Ferrari, I think it's going to be Charles Leclerc. I think that uh, Vettel had his opportunity in 2018, and as that season went on, after the, the 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 summer break, by the time they got to Monza and to Singapore, it uh, it slipped through his finger, and that was uh, their their one moment uh, that that they had the opportunity to win it. Since then, you know, you had uh, Charles come in for last year, and uh, immediately that he proved that uh, that he's legit. It just wasn't a fluke what he was doing at Alfa Romeo. And, uh, no suggestion uh, from from my uh, behalf that uh, that it was, but uh, he just uh, proved uh, that they made the right uh, decision bringing him to to race for for, for Ferrari, and uh, he, I think he proved it all year uh, long <laughs> that he is he's legit. And he uh, he's got everything I think it takes to become a legit world champion at uh, some point. Uh, anyways. Uh, uh, Vettel did say in the same uh, uh, conference, uh, news conference that we were talking about uh, just now that uh, he uh, was not going to make uh, any intention of uh, boasting about uh, any decision that was uh, made uh, just to make himself uh, look good. But anyways, he said uh, anything that uh, that they are, especially when it comes to salary and stuff like that, that it's uh, going to stay uh, behind a closed door. It won't come out in uh, the, the public uh, realm. Anyways, uh, Vettel also said something that I thought was interesting. He said that uh, the culture Culture at Ferrari is often what he calls misunderstood, and uh, he said that uh, he is adamant that the team's uh, philosophy can get it back to the fr- front of uh, Formula One. I mean, they're, they're still there. I mean, they're still obviously in the in the in, in the top three. But if you look at uh, where they were, say uh, from 2016 to 2017, there was a team that was uh, slowly closing the gap to uh, Mercedes and uh, was running them a lot uh, closer. But last year. Just with that uh, low downforce uh, model that they had on the car, that uh, on the SF90, it just was the wrong concept, and it, it took them a long time to to, to figure out that uh, that car and make the changes uh, necessary. And by that time, it was uh, just uh, too little, too late. I mean, they you know they they managed to win some races last year, but uh, it was just. Uh, not only were they losing ground to Mercedes, they were also losing ground to uh, Red Bull as well. And it was just a, a disappointing thing. Anyways, uh, Vettel had to say, uh, quote, the strength of this team is the passion for Ferrari. I think that's what thrives uh, people coming in and going out every day. I think it's really the legend, the myth of this brand, and it becomes part of that history. It's a very Italian inside, has very Italian rules and traditions, which is great that they are kept, but it's uh, equally, it's very modern. I think sometimes it is also misunderstood because you look at Italy to say they are very traditional, with a lot of things and La, La Mama and all this and whatever. But you know, the people are very, very forward thinking. I think we have a lot of young, great talents in the team, great people, with great ideas, creative ideas. And that's why in a way it's it's a shame that we haven't, you know, in terms of results, haven't had a breakthrough yet. That's why there's focus to keep uh, working, do our thing, because I believe that one day we'll be there, end quote. Yeah, he's saying all the right things, isn't he? As well, uh, he also said that uh, he thinks that, uh, well, he doesn't think, he knows that Ferrari winning uh, is, is more important than him uh, beating uh, Charles Leclerc. And, and and Charles has even said that, uh, that uh, despite some of the, uh, the, the the clashes that they've had, obviously the big one that uh, that uh, that they had last year was the the coming together that they had in uh, in, in Brazil when both of them, uh, when they crashed together, about was about half, two-thirds way through the race, and uh, both of them ended up uh, not finishing that. Anyways, um, said, well, I mean, uh, on top of that, just to finish that thought, uh, Leclerc said that uh, that he thinks it's great to have a teammate uh, like Sebastian Vettel uh, in the team. And if you're a young guy like that, of course, uh, you can learn a lot from a guy that's uh, been around and won four world champions uh, championships like uh, Sebastian Vettel. Anyways, uh, Vettel had to say about uh, the situation, quote, it's not so important, uh, important whether I have five points more or less compared to Leclerc. The important thing is that we are heading in the right direction as a team, obviously. Last year was a step back because we were not as strong as the years before. There's reasons. Those we need to understand and make sure we eliminate them and make progress again. Then five points up or down for sure in the moment I care, but really of all our target is here is to make sure that Ferrari comes back to the top, end quote. 
He certainly is saying all the right things, isn't he? I mean, uh, this, this is obviously a guy <laughs> that is in uh, in contract talks. So, uh, uh, obviously, if the well, I don't think that's uh, completely the, the the whole thing, but I think it shows that his mind is in the right place, and I think that uh, that, that he's smart enough and wise enough uh, to to know that the 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 bigger picture is there, and he maybe just realizes too that uh, that if it comes down to a straight fight uh, between him and Charles Leclerc over the course of a season, that uh, maybe he's not going to come out on the, uh, the 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 right side of that uh, that fight. Anyways, uh, Sebastian Vettel, apparently this week, he also took a delivery of his first sim racing rig. So does that mean we're going to see him uh, in uh, in sim racing anytime uh, soon? Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Anyways, uh, what, what Seb had to say, quotes, well, the truth is I didn't have a simulator until a couple of days ago, so I have not been tempted because I didn't have the chance. But I've heard a lot of things uh, about it, so I thought I might get one and try, but I still need to set it up properly. Generally, I'm not going to see a, f- a career in sim racing. I think if uh, it's more something to, to try for fun. Uh, I grew up with some of this stuff and I've been playing some games, but to be honest, since I have kids, it's not the first thing on my list to do. I will see how much time there will be, but I have uh, read some of the news and uh, some of the racing uh, I've read that Charles did well on his debut, and that was uh, good for him and the team, end quote. Anyways, uh, just to sort of sticking again with, uh, with uh, especially this one's got a little bit more uh, connection to uh, Charles Leclerc, um, but it's still uh, the Ferrari uh, connection. Anyways, Danny Ricardo uh, believes that the late Jules Bianchi would have been on a similar level of uh, Charles Leclerc right now had he not uh, passed away after the injuries he suffered at the uh, Japanese Grand Prix back in uh, 2015. Uh, and and uh, Bianchi was actually uh, Charles's godfather, and it seemed like he was actually in that uh, possibility to actually um, maybe move up to, to Ferrari after having a, a pretty good uh, year with uh, Marussia, which was uh, you know backmarkers, perennial backmarkers at the time, and uh, he actually scored the the team's first points at the the Monaco Grand Prix that that, that year. Anyways, um, uh, Danny Ricardo said on uh, Twitter uh, the, this week, uh, he said that, or he named uh, Bianchi as one of his uh, five most underrated drivers, and uh, he said that uh, that, that is a, an unfair label. And he said, quotes, it wasn't like Jules was underrated, but we never got to see him in a top car, so maybe people didn't appreciate how good he was going to be. You think of his drive that uh, in that Mauritius at Ma- Ma- Monaco in 2014, the team's first points. Monaco is like Macau in that there's no way that there's a fluke result there. It was absolutely on merit, end quote. Yeah, guess we'll never know. Uh, And rest in peace, uh, Jules Bianchi. That's a long time ago now. Anyways, just to finish it off, and uh, we're going to start wrapping it uh, up. Total Wolf has apparently bought shares in uh, Aston Martin. Aston Martin uh, is coming back next year, and we will see Force India uh, fade away. Anyways, uh, this was uh, unearthed uh, by uh, motorsport.com, but apparently uh, Wolf, despite making a personal investment in Aston Martin, uh, remains fully committed to his uh, current uh, role at uh, Mercedes. But uh, interesting uh, to see that he's actually uh, putting money in. But I mean, with all the turmoil, all the things going out there, I mean, Lawrence Stroll put up uh, over half a billion pounds, 500 million pounds into uh, Aston Martin just uh, the other week. And interesting to see that uh, Total Wolf is uh, still uh, you know, or deciding to put uh, some money into the team as well. Anyways, uh, that is all for the show this week. Thank you very much uh, for downloading and listening. Thank you for getting in touch. Thank you for still listening to the show. I mean, uh, Formula One isn't on the track at the moment, but uh, it is nice to sit down here, talk to you guys uh, each and every week, and we'll continue to do so uh, as as much as possible as long as there's something to talk about. And uh, hopefully the situation outside in the world uh, becomes more stable sooner rather than later. I know that's uh, very wishful thinking on my behalf, but uh, I, I know it would just, uh, in an ideal situation, in a perfect situation, that uh, it'd be great if we could go back to, to racing. But whenever it comes, can't come soon enough, and uh, we'll just have to be patient until it happens. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, do all you need to do to, to keep yourself and your loved ones safe, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you very much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Bye for now. listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com